Welcome to The Philosopher's Nest. I'm Lewis Williams. And I'm Calvin Ostrom. The Philosopher's Nest is a podcast that showcases the work, insights and experiences of graduate students in philosophy. This podcast is generously supported by the Faculty of Philosophy at the University of Oxford and Linacre College, Oxford. Today we're going to be joined by Rihanna Popat, a PhD student at the University of Nottingham. We'll be talking about her experiences in teaching and particularly in outreach, her research on the relationship between meta-ethics and mental health, and her thoughts on the value of philosophy. If after listening, you'd like to get in touch with Rihanna, you can email her at rihanna.popat at nottingham.ac.uk. We also have a transcript available if you want to read along. Rihanna Popat, welcome to the Philosopher's Nest. Hi! Hi, Nat! Good to meet you guys! So after finishing your master's studies, Rihanna, what was it that made you choose to apply to PhD programs in philosophy? I really loved what you could do with philosophy. I wanted to help people, right? And I thought that philosophy was the best way of doing it. And it's a super cool subject as well. It's a super cool subject. I thought philosophy could help people change the way that people think. And it was very important to me to help to help not only people now, but to help people going forward as well. I have worked in several schools and I've already seen the impact of philosophy. And so before my PhD, um, I didn't work in school that much. I worked in primary school a little bit, but I didn't work in school that much. Um, during my PhD, I work in schools a lot. And I can really see the impact of, of what I teach and what the students have to say about it too. And I think that's why I really wanted to study philosophy. I really wanted to study specifically meta-ethics too, because it was a big, great challenge. And I love challenges as well. And I love thinking about stuff. But I also wanted to look at the mental health perspectives because I thought that mental health was very important and I think that everybody should be happy, basically. So, so I, I really did think that people were lacking opportunities in linking the two together. So that's why I decided to do a philosophy PhD. Fantastic. Okay, so you mentioned the sorts of the, the research that you're doing within meta-ethics and mental health. I wonder if you could maybe tell us briefly what meta-ethics is for any curious listeners and maybe how meta-ethics relates to mental health in your view. Okay, so you're really testing me, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so, okay, let me have a go at this. Now, meta-ethics is the understanding of our morality. But I would describe it are the understanding of how we see more about this. So, for example, like, how we understand right and wrong, how we should understand right and wrong. It's different than normative ethics, though. It's slightly, it kind of, because it's very much deeper, thinking about why we think things rather than it we should. Think things. So I think that 
Nee, de ene kan even dieper. Dieper, on a dieper level. Rather than a wider level, which is a blind or normative. I think that I don't study it because I think that disability has been done in applied ethics. But I think that mental health hasn't really been looked at in matter ethics before. Or to my knowledge, I'm happy to be corrected by anybody. So you've alluded earlier to how I think kind of philosophy can have benefits and that's what really got you into philosophy, how thinking about philosophy can have benefits on one life. But I think some of your research with metaethics and mental health looks at it in the other direction. So the insights that mental health can actually have specifically on metaethics. Uh, am I right in thinking that that way round is how you've been approaching some of your research recently? And, and if so, what's that research been looking like? Yeah, I think it probably goes both ways. I think it it goes, how can mental health help mental ethical perspectives, right? I think the way that I see it anyway is kind of like I'm putting a, I'm giving an account of general mental health perspectives to mental ethical theories. So the hope is that it's kind of a dual thing. And mental ethics will benefit from mental health perspectives. And mental health perspectives will be almost considered and in mental ethical debate more. That's my aim, to kind of do both at the same time. My aim is to give a really authentic account, so to use use research from psychology and to to inform philosophy. So yeah, so that's what I'm thinking at the moment. Who knows where it will go though? I don't <laughs> I don't know where it will go. But who knows? Sure. So do you think that there are any specific debates that metaethicists can sort of learn from the literature that's being done, uh, the work that's being done in, in psychology um, with respect to mental health? Is there anything specifically you think that they're sort of neglecting by any chance? No, I think neglecting the term word, but I think they're kind of omitting or missing what I want to do. Um, neglecting sound like, I don't know, it sounds too strong, right? So I think, but something that, something that really struck me when I started researching is obsessive compulsive disorder. So the even account kind of indicated very vaguely that a belief and desire together can motivate. So if and only if a belief and desire is present, one can motivate, right? So the OCD kind of has what I don't think can perform the motivation to perform compulsions is the sort of belief, right? So, so I think that there is an opposite belief involved that doesn't align with the motivation. Now we can see that one cycle of the collector. And what is interesting is and it's not really their fault, but people, people who've written about mental ethics are very, are writing in a time where mental health isn't really known about. And I think that that 
but why they are. I mean, I'm talking about the big authors, but I don't talk about, um, and I think that's why it's been omitted. So I really want to kind of put it in the bit there at least. So, so I read it kind of, so I'm into it and then like motivating it and downloading and the button. So motivating it and downloading it, the thought that doesn't necessarily lead to a motivation. Very vaguely, you know, very vague thing. But, and then the human account, which is a belief in desire, necessarily had to relate to motivation. And I that relate to OCD. And then autism. So I wonder how moral Ivan is a bit in the link to autism pattern disorder. So, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's super interesting. So it seems like what you can get from psychological literature is sort of challenges to what philosophers have thought about metaethics. And I think you mentioned motivational internalism, a bunch of these really interesting theories that have been around for a long time, but theories that have been around before we understood what mental health was. Would you say that it challenges these theories or maybe just limits how they apply in some ways? No, I think that it's very, very different depending on what we are talking about. I think it wrong to say it wrong to demonize. I think I think that we can come up with individual theses for all of them. And I think it's important to to not that as well. So I'm not trying to create a defense or like a thing against meta-edit or poor meta-edit. And I'm trying to create an honest account of what is going on. Right? And that that's very important to our species. And I think, so I haven't quite decided what I'm going to say. I've still got a year or two to go, so I haven't quite decided. But I think that there's some promising results. Um, I really do. Um, I hope to carry it forward. So, yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, Metaethics is something I've been getting a lot more heavily involved with this year. I absolutely love it, but it's a really challenging kind of ethics, isn't it? And you mentioned earlier about your interests in teaching and um, also I think you've done a lot of outreach as well outside of the university setting. Um, And when you're working with these kinds of complex concepts, have you found that there's any techniques that work for you in introducing and breaking these down in an accessible and digestible way in the classroom? The outreach work that I do, I think that I kind of start from the state level. So I think, very good at me, um, I kind of start from a base level and then work my way up. Right? Because that's how everybody learns, right? You start from a base level and then you work your way up. And then the method is being complex. It's quite complex. But it's only complex if you make it complex. But if you break it down, the meta-edit is quite easily broken down. Very methodical, right? So, and I think teaching is very methodical too. So it kind of goes at that. I think starting from a breakdown and then working your way down is very useful. I almost think of it like a... Bigger, right? That's a really bad example, but 
I don't want to think of it like a digger. But you dig a layer, then you understand that layer, then you dig another layer, and then this is that you dig. They're always there. You're there, right? You're there. The heart is empty, but if you don't dig through those layers, can't ever be there. Too. So that I tend to try and teach. Um, I kind of teach the method of normative and meta ethical stuff too. And a bit of a bit the more a bit a bit the melodical stuff too. And I can't say the word properly, so that that's great. Um so I kind of teach a variety of things and I kind of love it because it kind of keeps me all rounded. So yeah. <laughs> That's fascinating. And, and sort of following on from what you've said about teaching in general, I believe you've also taught philosophy in primary schools with particularly yeah. young children, which I think must have been quite interesting because obviously, as you were mentioning before, you can sort of dig a little bit deeper more and more as, as we sort of get older. But with uh, young children, is there a lot of digging that you can do? No, so I think that you can dig. I think that it probably in a different way. I think hmm. that you probably need to dig a bit more like sideways, but um, I think that you probably need to, so for secondary, where I taught the most, I haven't really taught as much in primary schools, so I might get this wrong, but I think in primary schools, I have a, you kind of need them to understand the concept a bit more, and you kind of need them to explore what they think. Well, in secondary school, it was still exploring what they think. But they did, you can introduce things like the ontology and utilitarianism and, and big concepts like that. So I think, I think you can use meta-ethical concepts. I mean, I taught on divine command theory in secondary school and they are brilliant. The students are really brilliant because they always watch it really, really well. And actually, like, I think it's kind of like a, it's a good learning thing for them to be able to, like, analyze concepts and stuff, too. I remember when I was in secondary school, I was always analyzing concepts, too. So I think that, but I do know that, but it's good. Would it be, would it get them to think a bit more outside the box and getting their opinions? Well, in the secondary school, there's an added complex layer of kind of introducing theories and introducing things that they can learn from. And yeah, so, so I think the higher up you go, the more scope there is to introduce new stuff. But that is the key thing in, in learning, right? You didn't fit yourself to do, do what you're doing. I can imagine that undergrad the same thing, right? Like undergrad is probably a bit more diggy than secondary. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> You've alluded there to some of the benefits of teaching philosophy in schools and introducing 
younger students to some of these ethical concepts. And obviously your research on metaethics and mental health has a real practical edge as well. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on what the value of philosophy really is. Ooh. <laughs> I, I, I don't give you God. I, I don't give you God. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I think that the value of philosophy is large. I think that if one can capitalise, and I genuinely do believe it, if one can capitalise on the benefits of philosophy to our community, it's a big thing. I mean, I've had some fabulous experiences with an organisation called the Business Club, without the teachers teach in school. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed it. I think that the value of philosophy is huge. I think in golden season to think for themselves, it is almost, you need to do it, right? You need to do it. I think, and I also think philosophy can bring something new to the table. And I think history and geography and something like that. Being something to the table. And it's very, very important, but that is slightly different to philosophy. And thinking outside the box of it, Tim, I think that I kind of wish that philosophy would talk more in school because I think it would change the way people think and the way people see, see the world, right? See, see the world, see themselves, see everything, right? And I think that's so beautiful. I think I love that about philosophy. And the more and more you grow up, the more and more you see the world in a slightly new way and a slightly different way. And it's very, very exciting and very, very um, exuberating. And I, I love it, right? I think. And so, yeah, so I can't, but I think the value of philosophy is huge. I think I really, and maybe I've been a bit, yeah, I really want to do the more outreach work with various communities and like various minority communities and really make philosophy a community. Make philosophy, sorry, make philosophy more of a community subject, right? And um, I think that would be very good. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Rihanna, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of The Philosopher's Nest. You can find our website at www.philosophersnest.com. And if you're a graduate philosophy student who might like to come on and join us for an episode, feel free to reach out to us at thephilosophersnest at gmail.com.